Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Infinity Summit Group podcast. Today is November 8th, 2021. I'm Noah. Xavier. Logan. Jesse. And uh, we got a special guest on here today, Stock. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, whatever I'm you Stockton. want to say. Um, what do you do for work? Uh, I'm a garage door <laughs> installer. I'm 19, live in Utah, obviously. I'm married, and I have a baby on the way. I think yeah, that's the best one congrats. so far. Thank you. Oh, absolutely I think so. the best one so most far. Everyone, yeah. Most everyone's like, oh, I'm this person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is fine. We don't expect more. It's just like, yeah, you got it down. Glad to hear it. Um, so, again, we were just talking about how installing keeps you in shape and mm-hmm. how you you just ch- changed, essentially, from uh, a master technician, is what it was called, right. to installer. How is the physical workload? Because as an installer, when I was doing it, it was installing was a lot more physical than like technician work or mm-hmm. the other things. Right. How's it been for you? I would say that uh, installing is more consistent hard work, but mm-hmm. master tech was harder work all in all. Like you're doing <clears throat> bigger, bigger motor, not all the time, you know, just every once in a while or a couple times a week or whatever, but bigger motors, harder jobs, you're trying to skinny into tiny spots with old doors and mm-hmm. just stuff like that. So installing is more physical. I, I'd say throughout the day, I'm more tired, but the bad days for master tech were just put you on your butt. Way worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you like installing better, you'd say? Yeah, so far it's it's been a lot nicer. It's easy because you know you show up to the job, you're, you're installing that door, that's all you have to do. With master tech, you show up and it's anyone's guess really. The mm-hmm. one thing I didn't love about installing is that you have to wait at the door shops until like 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Is that still the case? Yeah, I did You're that. still there for did like two today. hours. Yeah. Probably was at one of them for about an hour, and then the other one was probably 30-ish minutes. So. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's fun. Yeah. So, you and you switched over in hopes of getting a slight pay raise, correct? Yeah, basically make more money, potentially work less hours, and just enjoy it more. Have a little I'd bit say that's easier very workload. I thought you made more as a master technician. You don't. Um, oh. As far as I could tell, you didn't make more money, and it was, I guess, a lot more stress in that you have four jobs a day instead of two. So if I spend two hours at the door shop and I've got a job that's an hour long, I've got to call this customer and the next customer and be like, hey, I might show up. Before 12, I might not, basically. You mm-hmm. know, so that makes it hard. Right. And with uh, from a company standpoint, say A-plus is a company, they're, they're going to take the best care of their um, income generators, mm-hmm. first of all. Right. That's going to be their – oh, shit, what are Technicians. Technicians. Thank you. Technicians. Yep. Jesus, I was one of them. I, you'd think I'd know. <laughs> and, then, and then they're going to take care of their installers who are actually um, – Doing all the ground Fulfilling work. the commitments. Yeah, exactly. And then lastly is going to be your master techs who just are clean up. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. just, that's literally just extra money the company has to pay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was kind of the problem. It was, I would say it was definitely essential. I mean, there's a lot of things that we do that nobody else can or will. So it's like, we're important, but also they see it as a drain of money because we're yeah. not actually putting indoors or not actually know, producing jobs. necessarily. Mm-hmm. You just, yeah, exactly. Yep. But you got to pay raise pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, after being there for a few months, I was still a helper for from like October to April because I have to be 19 for their insurance and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think I got a dollar raise pretty quick, and then once I got into my own truck, I got a $4 raise, which was pretty nice, and then they're willing to give me another raise, but I was I would have rather gone to installs than do another raise and keep doing that for longer. It's, so it's not a bad mm. position. It really is have some benefits, and, you know, sometimes you have a little bit of free time or, you know, it's it's can be more laid back, but on the days that it's hard, it's really hard. So it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. Quite a drain. I would say so. How's the how's the family life being 19? It's juicy to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um Sarah, my wife, she is uh 33, 34 weeks something like that at this point. So we'll be having our baby December 25th. That'll be fun. So Christmas? Mhm. That's a tough birthday. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've heard, but we want to make it fun. I was I was actually born on Mother's Day, and Sarah was born on Father's Day. So Interesting. Point, what yeah. the fuck? That's yeah. weird. <laughs> kind of funny, but we were like, let's just keep this theme going. We're going to do Christmas baby, Easter baby, all the babies on holidays. Not really, but it'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be a good time. It'd be kind of cool. What made you actually want to start a family so young instead of waiting like most couples just do? Um, mostly for me, I'd say... I didn't really find a purpose in waiting because I knew I wanted kids and to get married. And me and Sarah started dating when we were 16. Uh, We met in high school, started dating, and then we were like, okay, we're going to get married anyway. You know, why push it off a couple years? So we got married. Then same with the baby. We We were planning on giving it like a year before we had kids. A lot of people do that. But we got a little baby hungry and we're like, We've already spent so much of our life together. I mean, two years isn't your whole life, but it's a long time. So we were like, yeah, yeah. might as well just go for it. You know, we want it anyway. So, Of course. Oh, yeah. Get that experience in as soon as possible. Yeah. yeah. Why waste my time when I know that's my path anyway? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, How is that financially? A little rough, yeah. to say the least. Yeah. I would say uh, we were doing pretty well when we were both working. Um, she was a nanny for a good while, making pretty decent money. Um, So we did pretty well there, saved a lot of money, and then she got to the point where she was, you know, pregnant and starting to get further along, not super far, but, like, morning sickness and that stuff was going to be fun for her, and she was having a hard time at her job, just like you have with any job, you know, complaints here and there, parents don't make it easy, the parents work from home, so it was kind of a, a drain that way where she's, like, feeling like she's constantly being watched you know stuff like that so I was like all right you know I I make enough you can quit or whatever and then after that we just went down from there stopped saving as much money all that sort of stuff so we've recently picked it up again and and kind of rebudgeted refigured out what we needed to do but it's a drain financially it was expensive to say the least yeah what do you do in the budgeting budgeting aspect like you use envelopes or why nap? How do you go about that? We did that for a little while. Um, the envelopes? Uh-huh. Yeah, pay, uh, cash envelopes, and we'd pull out cash every paycheck, put it in envelopes, and that worked all right, but we hardly ever pulled cash out, and then we would be spending, you know, we needed some cash, so we'd pull it from here and then be like, oh, well, we got money in the bank from here. So it just ended up being way complicated. So now we just do, uh, like, Mountain America's online, like their app, you can – do a bunch of stuff we just went in recently and got a joint account so now we've got all our accounts laid out um and then i have i couldn't even tell you how many probably like 20 different savings accounts with different names so like i know i've got this much for rent this much for gas this much for insurance that kind of stuff so i just budget it out that way and i really like that that 
is easier for me because I don't have to look anywhere else. I just go right in there, boom, boom. Most of the time I just spend on my credit card and I just move it right over from that. So it's easy and I can yeah. track how much I'm actually spending each month. Stuff that's, like that. That's the way to do it. Uh, and uh, for the listeners, Stock's been kind of an interesting case because he started hanging out with us and then he started listening to our podcast and got super interested in uh, improving his life financially. And he's been coming to us and it's been uh, it's been real fun to watch him mm-hmm. just change in the couple of weeks we talked to him. Uh, you I, know? I will say I have really enjoyed the podcast because, you know, I haven't listened to very many financial podcasts, but I'd listen to your basic books most people listen to when they start wanting to save money and do stuff, you know, mm-hmm. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Think and Grow Rich, those, those type of books. And they're beneficial for sure, but for me it was kind of like there was a disconnect between the actual information. They're like, you can just grow rich if you just think about it. It's yeah. like, that's great, but what do I actually got to do? Like, knock and you shall receive. You just exactly. have to knock. That's yeah, it. Yeah, so you're, you're not really gaining much there. So it was nice to hear a podcast where, like, I know you guys, so it's not like some billionaire investor that I don't know if is actually legit. It's like I know you guys. You talk about things that actually work, and it's not like a paid deal. So I'm not spending money each month to learn the next step of the plan or whatever. Yeah, we thought about doing something like that, but it just mm-hmm. didn't feel right at all. Yeah. You know? Um, question for you. What did you not like about the podcast? Not like? What did you not like? What feedback do you have for us? Ooh, that's a tough one. It's all right. You don't have to answer that now. You can answer it later if you want. But I, we're coming back to it if you need to. Okay. Uh, well, I think I really don't have much complaints. I would say the only thing that... Um, you can be brutally honest, change. it's okay. Well, there's nothing, I, I honestly have nothing to be brutally honest about. The only thing is, like, I like long podcasts, so sometimes you guys are like, all right, let's cut it off, but I'm like, nah, I was enjoying this, so, like... Yeah. It makes it tough, I get it, but, like, I like long podcasts, so... I guess that would be my only feedback, not a critique, is, like, long podcasts are also good. You know, when you yeah. got those people on that are really going for it, it's fun. Yeah. We definitely have a variance between 30 minutes and, like, two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like true. Crazy. It just depends on, like, the topic and who's talking and how interesting they are because, like, some people will go on for, like, Eli was, I wanted to go longer on that one. That one. Yeah, yeah. that was a good oh, one. We'll just I have like him back on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's, and there's some of them that they just have different communication styles, you know. Right. So it's uh Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> You can definitely see the variance between the one that, like, I don't know, you guys, I guess, are really riveted. They just tend to have the person talk a lot more, and, you know, they're good to listen to. And then mm-hmm. there's other ones where it's a lot more interaction, and those are fun, too. So I like them both. Good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. And our goal is to help anybody. So the fact that right. you did come to us and was like, no, this is genuinely helping, that's like, that makes all of us feel way better about ourselves and it's, our podcast. It's from the beginning, too. It's step-by-step step from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, okay, you, you see these people who are already millionaires, and they're like, oh, yeah, you just think rich, like right. Stock was saying. But, no, you got to – it's like, okay, how do I get from A to B to become rich? It's like, okay, we're documenting all the way from when we were super in debt, all of us, to where we are now and into the future. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that definitely helps. I think also you guys talk a lot about real money. Real dollars, you know, how much or percentages. Actual numbers. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I like that because too many people, it's just like, oh, well, I was poor and, and now I'm rich and well, <laughs> and buy my program. And yeah, <laughs> I can't say exactly how much, but it's like, yeah. That, not till you buy this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Most of these guys, I don't know what they have behind the scenes. So it's nice to hear real numbers, 
budgeting updates every month that's that's been really nice and to any of the listeners literally hit us up anytime this is what we live for is to help people out with their lives financially especially and watch everybody progress you know raise all boats with our tide essentially so Mm -hmm. heck yeah um so how have has your financial world changed at all since you started um visiting or thinking about this uh area uh, yeah, I would say it definitely has. It's kind of done a 180 where before I was budgeting each month. This you know, is before what? Before I started listening to the podcast, start. hanging out with you guys, doing that whole thing, thinking okay. about it more deeply. For a little while, I was listening to those books, but I don't know. That would just get me all jazzed to make money at 10 in the morning by the end of the work day. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to think about that. But mm-hmm. uh, I was going from basically just budgeting. You know, I had some money and. Uh, stocks and cryptos, just money I throw in every month, but I didn't know anything. I wasn't really learning. I was just like, oh, well, Bitcoin's a thing, so it puts money on it. But went from doing that, and I would basically budget a set amount of money per month for each expense, even when it was more than that amount. So, like, say my insurance bill, I don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, I'd have to put in 50 bucks paycheck. I'd just throw in 100 bucks a paycheck just to make it easy on myself. And then you know, I pay my insurance bill and I, my thought was that money will just kind of build up and then there will be a time where I won't have to pay it if ever, you know, I lose my job and whatnot, mm-hmm. which is not a bad idea, but I ended up just pulling from that, you know, when you needed something you or see extra money exactly. and you use it. <laughs> yep. I'm like, oh, well, there's this cool thing that I would like and well, I can make the money work. So I just end up doing that way too often and it just made it less effective to budget. And then I felt that I was in more of a rough financial situation than I was. I was like, I'm not making any money. I was basically feeling like I was stuck in my job because I can't make any amount less than I currently was. But started listening. We were talking one night about budgeting and uh, that whole thing. And then after that, I went home, uh, talked with Sarah a little bit, and went over the budget again and basically found I had a lot more on the table than I expected. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's a lot more I could do with that money, more opportunities open up, you know, and you have the money to throw around. So It's it's hard when you're just saving money to save money, too, uh-huh. because you don't know what direction the money is going in. You're mm-hmm. just like, I know that saving money is a good idea. I don't know why, besides that it could prevent, you know, it could hedge against the job loss or whatever. Right. But once you have a direction for that money, you're like, oh, shit, now I'm actually saving for something instead of just saving. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that's definitely definitely been nice because I always was a horrible saver as a kid I didn't get money very often when I did I'd spend it and it was like oh save your money but I was like well I could save my money for a few months or I could spend it on this nerf gun you know so (laughs) anyway from there just kind of a perpetual motion I just well I could save or I could buy this thing without really realizing why you should save or Mm -hmm. you know that things are going to come up and they do for sure I will tell you one good thing um, that our parents did with us was every up up till we were 18, I think, every dollar we got, you save 50% and just put it in an account. Jeez. Every, because you don't have any expenses. Uh-huh. You're just saving 50%, and then the rest of it you can spend however you like. Yeah. And so that was a good starter of like, okay, this is – sure, we may not know why to save or like what the reason behind it was, but it was still a good habit to get started. And you're having a kid soon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's definitely a thought. I think uh, financial education is something like my parents, 
you know, if they don't know much about. They just they grow up in the area where it's you go to work, you work hard, you get more money, you work harder, you work longer, you get more money. Mm-hmm. You save money, and then you retire and die, basically. Yeah. So with my kids, I definitely want to take it a different direction. It's like there's there's so little understanding of money that goes into that. I mean, I'd, I basically knew nothing about money other than save money, try and go to college, get a good job, and that's just not really for me. So. Yeah, and at that point, I mean, the optimal inflation rate is about 3%. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, just saving your money, you're losing so much. 2, 2 point, what is that, 9, 2.93%. Per yeah. year on your money. So, yeah. It, it could have been a viable option at one point when right. savings accounts were paying 15%. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, that was a thing. Yeah, um, ain't that the way. That'd be awesome. Right. But but nowadays, you have to do something else. Otherwise, you're just losing year over year. Right. I was wondering about that, though. What do you want to actually, like, do, like, career-wise? Because, you know, A-plus probably isn't forever, right? Right. Yeah, I mean... For for now, it's definitely I'll probably be there for a good while, um, but definitely I have I guess bigger aspirations. I'd like to own my own gun shop. I'm not 21 yet, so I can't get my FFL, but real into guns, so I'd like to open that and potentially manufacture my own line of guns and sell them potentially at my own storefront. So that you be might great. be able to do that out of your house as soon as you're 21. Yeah, I think I think I might be. Able I don't know to. what the regulations are, but if you have all the proper licensing and mm-hmm. an LLC and everything, or yeah. even a single, uh, what is it called? It's not. It wouldn't be called a partnership. I don't know what it's called, but right. sole proprietorship. Sole proprietorship. Thank yeah. you. Um, then you could do that right out of your house. Yeah. I bet you. Yeah, I would definitely like to. I've thought about it, but um, <coughs> you, you do have to be 21 for the FFL, so mm-hmm. that is a is a bigger roadblock, and. I mean, I would I would like to get to the point. I figure maybe I'll start in, you know, a little storefront, my house, selling guns to people I know that I make, and then from there take off and hopefully own a manufacturing plant. It'd be awesome to have a gun brand that's as recognizable as, like, Remington, something like that, you know. That would be so what, cool. What is cool. the FFL you talk it's about? A, it's a federal firearms license, so any – there's different levels of it as well, so different classes, I guess I should say. Um, so you have to get an FFL to buy guns directly from a manufacturer or to have guns shipped to you. So if you ever buy a gun online, you can have it shipped to like a gun store if they do FFL transfers. Since they have their license, you ship it to them. They can legally transfer it to you. So that's what you have to have to to gun stores. And then there's different classes. As far as I know, I think class three is where you get like machine guns and, and those bigger ones that are mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. What kind of license would a pawn shop have? They buy and sell guns, right? I think they have to have an FFL as well, as far as I'm aware, but I don't think it's a very high class because, you know, most of your gun stores, if they're selling, like, machine guns are pretty much uh, a niche market for just guns, where pawn shops, I think, are more aimed to just having guns for people to buy. So I think it's just a, like, class one FFL, as far as I'm aware. You don't have to have that for the Utah Gun Exchange? No. No, nope. uh, like in Utah, yeah, you can. Business. Yeah, wow. you can sell yeah. to a private dealer. Um, if you're not licensed, you can buy and sell pretty much any gun to any person as long as they're over 18. Mm-hmm. You can sell mm-hmm. a handgun to a person younger than 21 if you are not registered with a license. Yes, uh-huh. that's that is the case. Yep, I have. So uh, as soon as he gets his license, he can't sell handguns to anyone under 21. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it would be nice in the fact of like. A lot of people that have their FFL 
you could buy a gun, you know, online, say there's a good deal, you don't have to have it shipped and then pay fees on FFL transfers and whatnot. You just ship straight to your house, you got it, you buy straight from clock, say, buy a bunch of guns. You know, you don't get a great deal on them, but at least you get a little bit of a deal. So, mm-hmm. yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Be pretty Super sweet. nice. When you're ready to do that, let us know because there's a lot of <laughs> shit about running a business that is good yeah. to know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it would definitely be quite a learning curve, but I, I like the industry, and it's it's been fun overall. I used to work in a gun store. Mm-hmm. Didn't work there for very long because the money wasn't really there, but it was great fun. Learned a lot. Met a lot of cool people, and... It's just good atmosphere all around, I think. Yeah. And the way that you, when you decide to start this business, the way that you structure the business is going to determine how long you're going to be in this business. Yeah, that's true. Because you want to be the business owner, not an employee of your own Uh, business, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's kind of the the thing there that I don't know a whole ton about, like manufacturing wise, as well as, um, I guess, storefront. Yeah. Deals. Mm-hmm. Because if you're running storefront, you know, you're more focused on selling or manufacturing, you're pumping out as much as you like. But I'd like to have a point where I either have both or, you know, ideally, if I could only have one, I think I'd take the manufacturing side of it just because to have my own line of guns is a dream of mine for sure. That would be so cool. Yeah, I, I think it'd be epic. Cool. So you mentioned that you build them. Mm-hmm. Is it just ARs or do you build pistols? Like, um, uh, and so how do you far, go about that? I've only built AR 15s so far. Um, I was looking into building like Glocks because you can buy, they're called 80% lowers. Basically, you buy a bottom of each lower. Hold on one second, you're cutting out. There you go. Am I good? Okay. Yeah. So you buy a polymer lower, and then you buy a jig and like something like a Dremel, a drill press, something like that. You you mill it all out like like uh, was talked about on a previous podcast. But you mill it all out, and then you buy internals, springs, all that stuff. So all that stuff's. Uh, still bought but you can buy all that without um essentially it doesn't have the serial number the only serialized part of at least a glock is the frame so you buy the frame mail it out yourself and then you know pop stuff in there basically is what it is so i haven't done that yet but i've been looking at that for a little while that looks pretty fun and then uh ar-15s um i built a couple of those so far that's real fun basically you just buy the lower um fully built serialized whatever i i I buy a couple of those, and then parts you can buy offline as long as they're not the lower. That's really the only thing that you can't buy online without an FFL transfer, that is. So mm-hmm. you buy those, put them together. It takes a little bit of uh, materials, punch kits, vice, uh, bench vice, a couple of different things that way. But really, it's not that much to get into, and it's so fun to do. I really recommend it. Dude, that'd be hella cool. Yeah. Like showed showed us how to do that i'd love to yeah i've yeah. uh me and logan Custom talked about it a few times group AR-15s. you really could oh, yeah that'd, that'd be, be so sweet cool. get some decals cool. on there get them dipped oh yeah oh, you know I'm, some dippers yeah i know there's a guy Oldie. that i work with that does uh Cerakote. yeah yeah so mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool I, did I'd you like see to... his pistol pistol that he dipped huh it's like i think it was american flag it was cool oh that's sweet i'll have to ask him for the pictures yeah i'll have to talk to him about that that'd be pretty cool but i'd like to get into seracoding all that cool stuff Building them is really nice because you can build, I mean, really whatever you want. For me, I like pistols, like AR pistols as opposed to rifles because you get shorter barrels, and I like that from a standpoint of, like, home defense and just maneuverability. Mm -hmm. 16-inch barrel is a lot longer than, you know, my 12, so it's a lot easier to carry, a lot less weight. So I like that aspect. I can customize it any way that I want. I like a little bit. I don't go super crazy on internals, but I like you know 
budget friendly but quality internals so you're looking at good bolt carrier groups barrels all that stuff and if it breaks you know how to fix it so that's nice you're, you're quite into the prepping side as well right i am yeah a little bit of a fiend for it i would yeah. say <laughs> you want to talk about well, it? well i will tell you this mm-hmm. what, what, some great advice that i've heard is find what you're passionate about and figure out how to make money with yeah it. that's what i'm trying to think of right now how i bank off of this knowledge but I definitely, I definitely like the the gun and prepping side of it. I think I got into prepping at like twelve or something like that. I just started watching videos on YouTube. I'm like, ah, oh, it's kind of cool. So I built a little bug out bag with stuff that my parents had around the house, first aid kit and knives that I had had, and had that for a couple of years. Then more recently, getting married and um, moving out and whatnot. Kind of my mindset is, especially with the family and kids. I don't ever want to be in a situation where I have to tell them, like, uh, sorry, we don't have food. I didn't have the money at the time. So I made it a pretty big priority for a good couple of months to sink a decent bit of money into food prep, water, you know, just building mm-hmm. up that storage just in case. You know, if it is the apocalypse, I'll be okay for a little while. And even if it's just, like, I lose my job, something like that, I've got a, you know, little nest egg of You can make a water. business out of that so easy right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guarantee you create a website or, or even just, like, Start something on some Amazon shop where you're selling mm-hmm. prep prep stuff. Right. Sell these packages, charge people a little premium to for you to assemble these packages mm-hmm. and give it to them. Dude, you could be. That's true. Yeah. That it's a it's a pretty big. Uh, I guess there's a lot of money to be made. Um, in like meal kits, a lot of people will sell meal kits that are like dehydrated, freeze dried, mm-hmm. whatever, and you pay pretty good amount for you know a month's worth of food yeah, they're or expensive. they're they're quite pricey but so that would definitely be an option yeah, um, pretty cool yeah you, you would just have to figure out what's what's selling the best mm-hmm. and what uh basically what people are looking for in a prep kit because i've i i haven't heard of a place but i haven't looked too bad uh-huh. where they where you give them a certain amount of money and they just make you a badass prep kit yeah that would be pretty cool i know that some places will do uh like customized bug out bags or whatever you say what you want in it but for someone like a beginner that doesn't know anything that would definitely be a good idea you know like hey i've got 50 bucks or i got 500 make me the coolest thing you can yeah that's not a bad idea at all It'd be worth looking into a five percent cut <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding that would be pretty um, cool though just shout me out um yeah that'd be sick so with your I don't mean to take away from what you're doing right now, but your mm-hmm. your financial realm, how how can you see these dreams coming to light in the next five-ish years? What is that going to look like for you? Right. And what's your, what's your goals? What are you working on currently? I would uh, definitely, I'm working on whole life. I would like to get that all squared away. I'm basically at this point kind of just trying to see what my monthly income is going to look like a little bit more consistent since I just moved over to installing. Of course. So that'll be a little bit different for a little while. I would like to see where that puts me at budget-wise. And then from there, whole life is a big, big one I'd like to get into. Um, and then eventually from there, real estate, you know, flipping houses or or uh, just making, you know, rent money off a couple of different, um, I guess, investment properties you'd be flipping guns yes flipping guns i've done that a little bit probably Um, enjoy that more even it's fun but it's a a lot more of a hustle i'd say Mm. so to get like good deals on anything you have to be 
basically the first one to text them, and you have to be able to go get it, like, right now. So mm-hmm. it makes it hard in that I work long hours, and I have a pretty inconsistent schedule. So I'm like, hey, I'd like this. Could you hold it? And You've like, got a wife that yeah. stays home, right? I do, yeah. But to send her out to go buy a gun from a random internet stranger Fair. seems Fair. a little sketchy for Fair. me. So that's that's the only holdup. I thought about that a lot. I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> seems a little less um, – not as glorious Safe as it than seems. I would like to. Yeah, it's already. I mean, it can already be. Not that it's sketchy, but it can definitely be a. I don't know, suspect at times where you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know how this is gonna go. So just be careful. You know, usually meet in a parking lot or something. Broad daylight's good, but don't always get that. So who knows? Fair enough. <laughs> it is. It is fun to to sell and buy off there though. It's when you get a good deal on something, it's usually pretty good. Just found. Uh, Pretty good deal for one of my buddies on a gun. I want to say he paid like 800 for it, and usually I hadn't seen any less than a thousand, but I saw one the other day for like 1500. So I'm like, it definitely saves money. Got my brother a gun recently, just because he's been wanting one, and I'm on it enough that I'm like, I'll find you one. So that's been nice. Mm-hmm. And you don't take any, you don't add any extra to these sales you're getting. No, kind of my mindset on it, at least thus far, is that I think the more guns, the better. So the more people that have guns, the better all in all. So if I've got to do a little extra work for them to get a gun, it's worth it. Especially like my brother where he's got a gun, but he'd like to start concealed carrying and he doesn't know that much about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll find him the thing. If, If it's up to him, he probably won't do it. But if it's up to me, I'll find him a good one, a good deal, teach him a little bit. So. I'd rather him have the knowledge and the the gun than than to not to because it's too much of a roadblock essentially. So, here picture this. I'm not telling you what to do, but picture Ooh. this. They have something in real estate called a wholesaler. They go and find the deals. I've heard of it. And they and they, it's a great deal. They sell it to someone else for yet a for still a good deal, mm-hmm. but they also take a little bit of profit. Right. Start doing that with guns, and you got yourself a business, my man. Yeah, that's definitely not a bad idea. I thought about it um but mostly it's like if it's mostly family i understand yeah mostly <laughs> I, that that's really what it comes down to it's mostly family and friends um to where i find the deal and some of them you know if they know the gun side of things more then i'll kind of just pass it off but for someone like my brother where he doesn't know a ton mm-hmm. doesn't know what to look for i'm like yeah i'm willing to do the work for you on this one but maybe the next one i'll charge a little premium oh definitely wouldn't be a bad idea when we build our ARs. Yeah, we'll, we'll be building be. them soon. If you guys are interested, we're, we're planning it. So, I would love to, just not yet. So yeah. we <laughs> <pricey>. <laughs> Same it, here. it can get pricey, but kind of my, my uh, plan with it is to buy a certain amount of parts per paycheck. or you know, we, Maybe we spend 100 bucks a paycheck, so one paycheck we buy a barrel, and that's it. Next one, maybe we get you know internals or a lower or an upper or whatever, and then mm-hmm. from there just build it up over time and then I have all the tools and all the knowledge so wouldn't be costly in that regard. That's worth money. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a definitely a marketable skill. But it's been nice to know. How much what does it cost to like build one? Kind of depends. Um when I was first building them it was kind of at the height of the pandemic so everything was pretty inflated. Mm-hmm. But I think I build them for around 700 and sell them for around 1000. Okay. But now I think probably sell them for around 700 so it might be 
500 $600 range, depending on what you want. You know, obviously, the nicer you go, the more expensive it's going to be. But. And so if I wanted one that was like two grand, it would be just, just the best. Gucci. It would be quiet, groovy. Yeah, you could get. Maybe I'll do that instead of getting me a gold necklace. Or <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Good. No, I've actually got I've actually got goals. Yeah, with that so. <laughs> right, it's understandable, but you can you can go pretty budget. Um, I I myself I don't go super crazy like, as far as just the base AR. I mean, to me all lowers are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. There's definitely variants as far as like style and whatnot, but a lower is a lower. It'll shoot the same, and mm-hmm. mostly for me it comes down to like barrel. And uh, bolt carrier groups, that's something you don't really want to skimp on because your barrel, obviously, is you're shooting through it all the time. So if you have a crappy barrel, you're not going to be accurate or you're going to shoot it out really quick. You know, if you put too many rounds down, it's just going to wear out the rifling. Mm -hmm. And a bolt carrier group, it's like the harder your rifle, basically. So if you've got a bad one, that's where the extractor is, the firing pin. You know, you don't want that to go dull or break on you. So if it comes down to it, that's something I spend money on. Everything else is mostly just for... For me, at least, I like them to have, like, a good feel, good finish. You know, if they're, like, really rough feeling, sandpapery, I don't really like that. I like them to be smoother, nice. Uh, usually, I think they're anodized aluminum, and I'd say that's probably about it. Usually, it's aluminum parts. Aluminum? That mm-hmm. has a pretty low melting point, doesn't it? It does, uh-huh. except for, like... 1,100 degrees. 1,100? Oh, you're, yeah, you're so, pretty hot. So pretty, pretty hot, but as, as opposed to other, like, metals, it's yeah. pretty low, but... Really, your barrel's going to be steel and your bolt carrier group and then, like, your springs and stuff. But, like, your lower, your upper, hand guards, most of your aluminum. stuff is aluminum, yeah. So keep I just like, yeah, it, it definitely keeps it light. I mostly look for just a good good fit and finish. And then, you know, aesthetically speaking, I don't want something that's ugly. I want something that's usable. And that's about it. So usually they're not super costly to build hmm. um, as far as you're not going, like, Gucci everything, basically. Yeah, except for accessories. That's where I I like to lose a lot of money on accessories because oh get, yeah, they get pricey. <laughs> so pricey. I love I love lights, red dots, all that stuff. Make it just so fun. So that's the way yeah. to go. It's pretty dang fun. Very. <clears throat> um, let's see. We've already talked about you creating a business. We've already talked about you doing a lot of stuff money wise. Mm-hmm. You work out. Yes. Yes. The gym. Yes. Yeah. Um. I played football through high school, most of high school. Um, started uh, sophomore year, played football the entire time. Loved that. We weren't very good, but, you know, have a lot of friends um, or made a lot of friends through it and just had a great time overall. Started working out then, and then uh, after football was over, I kind of just kiltered off, didn't do anything, and then don't really feel fulfilled without – you know, doing some, so it feels like without working out or going to the gym, you're not doing all that you can be, so I like to do that a lot. Yeah. Definitely makes it fun. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's, it's uh, hard to get out there. Hard to get dedicated to it. It is, yeah, especially after manual labor all day. It's like, oh, I just feel like I hit the gym, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's been nice. I think the, the more that the more that I go – the easier it comes every time. It's more fun, and obviously the gym's fun. I can spend hours in the gym. It's just like yeah. getting there after work sucks. But. Yeah, and to see results. I think steroids could be. Steroids would be juicy. You know, four thirty thing, huh? Ooh, I've done that for a while. I was waking up at. I think my Vasa opens right at four, so I would wake up right at four, 
or uh, 3.30, whatever, get there right at 4, work out for an hour, hour and a half, go home, try and sleep. But then I was just too jazzed because I had just worked out, so I'm all yeah. awake. I got all the blood pumping, so I'd lay in bed for an hour and then not be able to sleep, and it was just not worth it. Yeah. Too hard to wake up. I'd skip it most of the time because I'm like, mm, I got a hard day. I'm tired. I'll skip. Mm-hmm. So. so you just barely went through the process of you were going to buy a house, uh-huh. but that ended up falling through. Yeah. What was the whole situation with that and the whole process that you actually had to go through? Right. So basically, um, the house that we were going to buy, we kind of came in uh, at the 11th hour, I guess you'd say. Like, we came in later. We weren't the original buyers. Um or at least me and Sarah weren't, you know, it was, it was still my sister. And then we, we hopped in later. We were all going to buy it together. Um, and we got pretty far in the process. It was under contract. We signed papers. Then they did the inspection and just found a whole lot wrong with it. It was a pretty rough house. They had used and abused it. They had probably 50 dogs in that thing at one point And just, oh, ugh, it was that's tough. The backyard yeah. was all dirt and there was hair. You could have vacuumed it. It was it's quite disgusting. Oh my God. So nice. horrible. Burn it, start over. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'll be doing so much work on this, but I was like, I'm willing to do it. It'll be okay. You know, it's it's a lot of work, but I'll learn a lot. But with with that, they did the inspection and found just too much wrong with it. There was cracks in the foundation. There was some sort of uh, leak in the roof, a bunch of plumbing issues, you know stuff that would have been pretty expensive to fix and and the sellers didn't have the money to fix it so they were basically like well we can't fix it but we'll give you money off closing <laughs> costs and it was a thought for a while we thought about it but it kind of came down to we didn't have a, the initial capital straight out the gate to spend on that thing those things and we also kind of figured after mortgage we wouldn't have a lot of money to throw around anyway so it was like do we want to put ourselves in a money pit where we're not saving any money we're just sinking it into mortgage and then <coughs> trying to fix it up but you know, living in a crappy house because you don't have money to fix it would suck. So, where do you right. stay now? Do you have an apartment? Uh, we are in a basement apartment um, in West Jordan. Okay. So it's not too bad. It's uh, honestly pretty nice for for what we pay. It's got two bedrooms, so my sister rents with us, and that saves costs a lot. And pretty nice for having your own, you know, basement, bathroom, kitchen. It's not shared, so that's nice. Oh yeah. If that happens to you in the future, where you go to buy a house and it's just garbage mm-hmm. figure out what the costs are going to be approximately mm-hmm. and then go below that offer them below that for the price if they accept or if they don't accept great you at least try it and then right. you get out of the deal if they accept money will find you right you you go to go to people be like hey i've got this got this repair i've got to do i'm going to be doing this this and this it'll cost this much and then in six months i'll refinance it and give you five percent profit that's not a bad idea. I mean, it's they probably won't accept it because people like to get the most they can out of their house. But sure. if it's utter garbage, I mean, yeah, shoot for the moon, right? <laughs> yeah, we were we were thinking about it. Um, like if it was a possibility to essentially, you know, say the house was three fifty, we mm-hmm. offer three thirty or three something like that, mm-hmm. and then just use whatever leftover money was to do repairs and all that type of deal. But it was in uh, a first-time homeowner's loan, an FHA loan. So mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. really stringent policies as far as, like, Ooh. inspection purposes. It has to pass all these inspections. And then um, it's basically, like, the the amount that it's um, set for is the amount you accept. 
So you oh, can't okay. go less, or, or you could go less, which would save you money, but it's not like a hard money loan where you'd get, you know, a chunk that you could spend. So it's kind of hard like that, which is too bad. It would have been nice if we didn't have to do that. It would have been a lot easier to get a house. Yeah. The market is so rough right now anyways. Trying to find it's a vicious. house. It's like it's probably better to not buy a house right now. Good luck, yeah. At that's, least not around here. Yeah, that's kind of where we were at. We weren't even going to look because she started looking and talking about it, and we were like, eh, we're doing all right here. I'm not buying a house till I can afford it. Then we kind of figured with that one, we'd be paying around the same amount in rent per month, and we'd be gaining equity and whatnot. So we we're like, mm-hmm. yeah, it might just be worth it. And eventually one of us leaves or, you know, sells it to the other person and makes some money, you know, get experience on homeowning, and it'd be nice to just have your own place. But just didn't quite pan out how we wanted. So we figured after that we'll just, you know, let it go. We'll save money and get a house when we need one. So Yeah, fair that's enough. kind of where we're at now. That's exciting. It was. It was going to be pretty fun, but. Would have been a little bit of a bummer that it fell through. Yeah. yeah. Would have been a fun little thing for the boys to do on the weekends, oh, though. Yeah, it that's what I was, it We can't do foundation would. repair, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, absolutely not. <laughs> that would have been probably pretty costly. It, it might have been doable yourself. I know that uh, the guy that was selling us, or the our realtor, he talked about doing it at his brother's house. He was like, it wasn't too bad. Uh, they had minor foundation, so they fixed it themselves and it's definitely doable but i don't really want to sink a bunch of money into a a shithole essentially so you don't want to mess with foundation work either now yeah get that done professionally because they've got all the licensing they know the codes and all Mm -hmm. that not even something you want to worry about yeah that's that's kind of what we figured there would be a set amount of um issues essentially we'd have to pay for right out of the gate and it probably would have been 10 to 20 grand that we don't have so we're like we'll just take the l on this one and hope better in the future mm-hmm. yeah fair enough i'm glad it worked out that way in the end it it kind of saved us from being stuck in a mortgage that was more expensive than we expected yeah i mean it, w- it would have been pretty costly as far as like we'd be paying our mortgage then also trying to pay um, repairs and this and that and you know it would have would have built up pretty quick yeah your payment on 350 probably would have been around two grand 2500 uh-huh. a month yeah. yeah right around there it was I want to say seventeen hundred before utilities and all that stuff. So okay, would have would have built up quick, and then you know you've got fifty thousand dollars worth of repairs over a couple of years time. That definitely adds a lot to the house. So it was mm-hmm. it was quite rough. Would have been a lot of work. Sounds like you dodged a bullet. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would have been fun all in all, and I would have enjoyed it no matter what. But it definitely saved us from you know being in a spot where we would have regretted it potentially. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad it didn't work out. Yeah, you'd be able to do something like that on a rental property sometime. Yeah. it's not your personal residence. Yeah, that's that's kind of my hope. I, I was thinking, honestly, for that property, I'm like, I'll fix it all up, you know, hardwood throughout, rip up carpet, put in bathrooms, all that stuff, and I'll learn a lot along the way, and then I could do that in the future, which would have been really nice, but uh, it was so much work. We just kind of figured, like, I don't want to live in this dingy, you know, smoker's basement for five years before we can even make any adjustments so it would have been mm-hmm. would have been interesting but glad it didn't work out hopefully something else comes up that's better yeah which it will sure. yeah definitely i i agree good luck right now but yes yeah that's that's <laughs> kind of where i'm at i'm like i mean we don't pay a ton right now and our our rent as far okay. as i know won't fluctuate with the market mm-hmm. you know it's, it's 
it's not necessarily set in stone, but I it's family, so I doubt they're gonna you know jab us on on rent. Yeah, if the market goes crazy, it should. I think rent generally increases ten percent ish about every two years. Hmm. I want to say, but yeah, really, if you're doing it. It, they they want to at least so generally they'll increase it at least with inflation yeah mm-hmm. and with inflation how it's been I would expect a decent increase in rent but it, it being family they Fuck may or may not do that to you right yeah you that's kind of I mean thus far it's just a month to month deal which has been really nice oh that's sick yeah that way if we decide hey next month we're buying the house like we were for a while we just let them know we might be moving we'll we'll still be here for minimum this x amount of time but we might be moving. Tell you what, if you do decide to do anything else besides month to month, you might be able to get a lower rate, but lock in more time yeah. for your basement. Get yeah. get a six month or a one year contract and lower your rent by two hundred bucks a month. That wouldn't be bad because at all. then it's guaranteed income for them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if they think about it, uh-huh. or they're just gonna not care. As far Present as... it to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... Like, hey, you could spend this much and lose out on. Uh, between one and three months rent, try to find another person, unless you already have people lined up, mm-hmm. or you could reduce our rent a little bit and have us for a full year. That's kind of the that's smart thing right now that they definitely have people that would fill it in a heartbeat. So, ah, okay. Yeah, my my brother was potentially going to move in there if we left. I know there was a lot of people who were who jumped on it right when they were mm. like, "Hey, we have this for rent," but we got to it first, thankfully, so we got it. But it it was. Uh, it's a hot commodity right now, so there's Fair a lot enough. of people that would fill it. Yeah, so I doubt lots of our kids it. that just got married but can't move out of home. Yep. So yeah. a lot of people are jonesing to move out. That's uh-huh. true. Yeah, 100%. it's uh, we we lived at. Uh, I'm chilling here as long as I can, man. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah, we lived at my my wife's mom's place for two weeks after we got married, and it was all right. You know, it wasn't bad or anything, but it was a small room and in a small basement. I don't know. It was just not for us. You don't have basically anything to your own, so it was really nice to get that opportunity. We jetted pretty quick. It's interesting living in one room for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were planning to have kids there too. We were like, we'll do whatever we can until we get our own place. I don't care. So mm-hmm. it would have been squishy. It was absolutely smaller than this. So wow. It, at least, I mean. At least this size, but probably smaller. Definitely smaller than the entire living room, but yeah, probably about the size from the couch to the wall. At least you can say you did that, though. That's yeah, cool, <laughs> two <Yeah>. weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was not bad. It was it was fun, and you know we had the family there, so we had movie nights and stuff for a little while, and that was a good time. But yeah, heck yeah. Overall, your own place is just unbeatable. I recommend it highly. I'll get there one day. <laughs> one day. Very nice. <laughs> Pricey though. It, yeah. If I if I was just living at home and had a decent place and could save a bunch of money, I probably would have. But mm-hmm. just kind of so happened that it was more freedom, and you know, I wanted my own space. Don't want to be cramped in my tiny bedroom that I grew up in with you know another person. It just wouldn't wouldn't quite pan out. So yeah, that's yeah. been nice. What else do you do? Just on your free time or whatever you're aspiring to do, like what? Shoot. Um, I definitely like to get more into the stocks and cryptos. I've done a little bit of research on that. I was going to ask if we wanted to open that can of worms. We could open the worms. <laughs> we can definitely open the worms. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you when you sent that uh, 
that text out the other day about Cardano. I ended up picking up a little bit of that. and I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm up like 30 bucks so far. So I was like, decent advice. I'm, I'm enjoying that. So. By the way, see. nothing I give is financial advice. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Just <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Um, but yeah, so I've been looking to get more into those. The, the ETFs are looking pretty decent so far. I mean, oh, I the, the NFTs, yes. NFTs, yes. yeah. Sorry, I get those mixed I was up. going to say, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. ETFs um, are good too. That's stocks. That's not crypto. What, what okay. exactly does ETF stand for? Uh, and it's, it's an exchange traded fund. Okay, I see. So basically, they just buy a bunch of stocks and then you buy a small portion of the whole thing and you'll oh, get. It, they're a lot safer allegedly, so they've got a ton of ETFs that follow the S and P five hundred, the Russell, oh, 3, right. Russell three thousand, whatever, um, and then those are those kind of just hold the whole market versus just small portions. Because when you're buying individual stocks, it's a little more of a gamble, but you can't see better returns. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, I get I get those mixed up all the time. But NFTs, those look interesting right now, but. I don't know. I have a lot more research to do on everything before I start tearing away at it. So I'll let you know. NFTs are, they didn't work out for me very well. But yeah. I don't think I approached it the right way either. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think it's as easy as everybody's making it sound, but no. No. seems like it could be good returns overall. So yeah, it could be. I mean, 600 to 18 grand in a week. That's pretty good. Yeah. You that's, know? That's, that's so decent. much. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, currently at this point, I'm just trying to win uh, No Nut November so that I can (laughs) (laughs) get a little chunk of money. I agree. Are there any – so have you been doing research into stocks and cryptos? Is there anything you're interested in? A little bit. Catching your eye? Um, I haven't done a ton. Harmony one, I've definitely heard you talk about a lot, and Mm -hmm. I'd like to expand more on that. Uh, Cardano seems intriguing to me for sure. Good solid one. Mm-hmm. But more I'm at this point, I'd be more interested in kind of your up and coming altcoins just because, you know, Bitcoin and all that, mm-hmm. the, the likelihood that you're going to make huge returns is pretty slim. Talk after the podcast. Yeah. Definitely. I've got a couple of them that I'm in right now. I'm hoping for a 10-ish X. Well, wow. so yeah, I was in uh, Solana for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I never did any research. Just listened to a guy on, on TikTok. Um but he was talking about Solana. He was a pretty big advocate of that, and he wasn't even a crypto guy. He was like a fitness dude that did both, but bought some of that. I think I sold out, and I didn't lose money on it, but I just mm-hmm. decided to allocate funds otherwise, and then it shot up to like 250 mm-hmm. or 200 and I was like, ah, would have made a little bit of money on that. So You'll have those moments. Yeah, I'm sure I'll have a lot of those, <laughs> but really not a ton that I'm super interested in. Um, Monero, actually, is one that I – was intrigued by just for the fact, I think I heard somebody on YouTube, he was talking about, I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically uh, pirates, like off the coast of Africa or wherever they hang out, I'm not sure, they will take people hostage and then they uh, will, their like ransom is Monero because it's super untraceable. So they take Monero and then from there they split it into five different ones or Bitcoin or whatever. But I just like the, uh, not the fact that I'm a pirate and I'm going to go out hostaging, <laughs> but uh, just the fact of... Uh, Untraceable. Exactly, like incognito, you know, to be able to have your money where you want it without people knowing. I think that's something I would potentially be interested in. Mm-hmm. Seemed intriguing to me. 
I'll we'll set you up with some good ones. Yeah, I would like some to. good decentralized ones. Yeah, I like decentralized a lot. So mm-hmm. that's definitely one I'd like to get into more. Um, but really, I'm open to any and all cryptos. I'm more on the crypto side, I'd say, than stocks, just because it seems to be more. Um, you can see um, a lot bigger gains. Bigger gains, and, and I like bigger losses. Yes, yeah, big losses hurt, but I like the fact that it's a, uh, I guess, quicker. Like mm-hmm. you know, you can trade more in a day. You don't have to worry about holding your money for this X amount of time or day trading. I I just like the fact mm-hmm. that buy today, sell tomorrow, make money, buy another one today. You know that that yeah. intrigues me a lot more. Mm-hmm. A lot more interesting also to own a digital coin that is you know, only has value because we say it does than a stock that depends on this, that, and the other, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. It's a <laughs> bit more exciting, that's for sure. Yeah, I like, I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk after the podcast and Definitely. talk about some good ones. It's, <laughs> Glad to hear it's it. intriguing. Yeah, it's a, but, an uh, interesting market for sure. I also threw a couple bucks at the Cardano. Yeah. Again. I would like to see nice. it make some moves. It'd be cool. I've doubled my money since I got it. Really? Mm-hmm. That's decent. I bought it at 86 cents, though. That was nice. I think I bought it at $2, so who knows what happens with it. But yeah. mm-hmm. I, was, I was first playing with it when it was at $0.42. Cents and oh, was, my gosh. Yeah. That's juicy. Yeah. That would be so nice. I sold out of it a long time ago. I sold before it hit $2. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, played with other things, but... Yeah, I think my, my plan with it was, I mean, I don't know all that much about where it's going to go or where it has potential to go, but I figure if it makes, you know, makes me 100 bucks, 200 bucks, I'll sell half mm-hmm. and half or, you know, uh, three-fourths and then just leave the rest for long-term holding just in case. Yeah. You know. Uh, expecting it, I'm expecting it to hit between 3 and $5 this year. It's not bad at all. Um, and we'll see from there. Yeah, that would be... Nice. It already hit three dollars not yes, long ago, it did. and it did came it? back down. Ah, that's pretty good. And it's been stuck at two dollars for a long time. Yeah, which is why I was like, "All right, it's time. Let's yeah. get back in. See how it goes." <laughs> um, I'm looking for just what I put in, just barely. I'm looking for three dollars and then out for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Which one is this? Cardano. Cardano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would like to make some money and then call it for mm-hmm. for most of my funds, and then the rest I'll just leave. Just in case it's the next Bitcoin by chance, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Check it Fair out. Fair enough. Fair I would enough. hate to hate to sell out, you know, when I had a couple of Cardano and then, you know, down the road it's worth a hundred thousand per Cardano. Mm-hmm. Not that it could or it would. I don't really know that much about it yet, but uh, a year ago so January twenty twenty, I think it was worth five cents. Wow. Or a penny. So just just know how far you have to fall. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why I figure I've only got a, a little bit in it, so if I leave a couple bucks in there and it loses, I won't be hurting that bad. Yeah. But if it gains from there, I won't cry myself to sleep at night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, traditionally, in a bear market, when, when that does hit, um, the cryptos will go down between 70 and 90%. Hefty. Um, so, yes. So, from where it's been at $3 or say it stops at $3, then you could see it go down to $0.30. Cents. Yeah. So. Well, definitely my plan <laughs> thus far is to ride out the bull market, maybe make a little money if I can, and then bear market. I just like to buy up like crazy, you know, allocate a certain amount of money per paycheck, per month, whatever, and just... 
I lap as much as I could. I'm curious to see how this one goes because everybody has that mentality right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's easily adoptable. First of all, who knows when the bull markets or when the bear market's coming? Uh-huh. Nobody knows. And with with everybody having the same mindset of get out when the bear market comes and then just allocate a shit ton. I don't know that our bear market will be as bad this time. Yeah, it probably won't. That's what I've considered, but I mean, Bitcoin's crashed how many times so far? Three. And every time everybody's like, oh, Bitcoin's done forever. And then they're like, shit, why'd I sell all my Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. So hopefully there's some chumps that don't know anything. I mean, I if I didn't know anything about it, if I was where I was at a few months ago, I would probably think, oh, it finally crashed, just never coming back. You know, mm-hmm. this is the one, but who knows? Yeah, we'll... Uh... Yeah, it'll be interesting to Don't say the least. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, is there any advice you would have for the listeners? Any final words, thoughts, feelings? Anything we could give them? I think definitely knowing who to take advice from is super important. I've taken a lot of bad advice from people I didn't know was bad <laughs> advice. So know who is telling your you your advice and what they gain from it and what they have because if they don't have anything if i don't want what they have might not be worth listening so that's just my and with that you don't know what you don't know exactly until you experience it and you're like ah dang it (laughs) yeah have an open mind for sure you know talk to everyone like you have something to learn but i think be wary of what they have to say because i know a lot of people talk in absolutes and it's definitely not that most of the time yep definitely thanks very good. Awesome. Well, uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell for the podcast. We come out every Tuesday with a podcast. Um, check out our website again, www.infinitysummitgroup.com. It's been a while since we updated it. I apologize about that. And um, we do have a merch tab. We've got those coins still. Yada, yada, yada. Find us on all social medias. <laughs> yep. Thank um, you for joining us. Yes, yes thank you. Thanks, Doc. Thanks for a, having me. I've yeah. Big pleasure. It. Uh, And we'll uh, see you guys next week to talk about the book Ideal and hopefully have an interesting guest on again. Yep. Goodbye. Peace. Peace. That was juicy. That was was good. That was quick. I was well, like, over an hour. That's yeah. I didn't even realize. I was like, we've been talking for probably about twenty minutes. Yeah, it goes <laughs> so fast. It goes yeah. so fast. When you're having a good, good time. time. Yeah, it's, it's enjoyable for sure. <laughs>